1: 20, 20, 20, 20. Quickly to Wall. Wall measures. Deal. Gets open for three. Dagger! Here comes Pierce with five seconds left.
2: I right, can't can't oh. find anybody. Gives it to Wolfe. Werner gets Bradley for die. three!
3: Hey Wizards fans, welcome to this special edition of locked on Wizards, part of the locked on NBA network your daily news from local experts. I'm Becca Winker. you can find me as always at Becca MVP on Twitter. The other half of this podcast, Quentin Mayo is not here with me today, but I know he has a lot of thoughts on the transactions that the Wizards have partaken in, and actually he did post yesterday the first part of the trade deadline series, so be sure to check out his thoughts on that episode. I'm doing this trade recap podcast solo, well, kind of solo. I think the DC family needs their voice to be heard every once in a while we all need to put our two cents out there so you'll be hearing from a variety of media experts and wizard super fans on this episode a little later I'm super excited because we've never done this before so it's new let us know if it works for you if it doesn't if you wanna come on the podcast I'd be happy to have you so there's two trades that we need to talk about if you haven't heard by now Two trades occurred on trade deadline eve. The first is the bigger of the two. The Wizards traded our forward, Otto Porter, to the Chicago Bulls in exchange for Jabari Parker and Bobby Portis, who are also forwards, and a protected 2023 second draft round pick. Quentin and I discussed that trading Otto Porter in the previous podcast was kind of something that the Wizards needed to do. For us, it didn't really have anything to do with his talent because we all know he's very talented, but it had everything to do with his massive contract. This trade in any way that you look at it was necessary to lower the luxury tax penalty. Also important to note that Bobby Portis will be a restricted free agent in the summer. So Jabari Parker and Portis are both young, both 23 years old. There's definitely a lot of room to grow there. And what's crazy, what's most crazy about this trade is that the Wizards organization swore they wouldn't trade any members of the big three, being Wall, Beal, and Otto. And they swore off trading them about a week ago. And online, I've even seen that they promised Otto that he would not be moved. But John Wall's Achilles injury will have him out for the next potentially 11 to 15 months. Now we have our franchise player, guaranteed to be out for a long period of time, and next year his contract is scheduled to pay him $38 million. So that being said, the team needed to shed one of the max contracts while, you know, kind of picking up some talent in return. Otto is scheduled to make $27 million next year. This trade definitely aided the team in clearing cap space, which is something that the organization had struggled with for years. To me, this trade was necessary and I feel like it was needed. The second trade occurred in the middle of the night. A lot of people were sleeping. We thought it was crazy that the Wizards traded Otto Porter, but no, they were not done. The Wizards traded Markeve Morris in a 2023 second round pick to the Pelicans for Wesley Johnson. I can't lie to you guys, you know, I was kind of sad to see him go. Since Morris was a big part of the death row DC squad and was part of the Wizards dominating starting five lineup in 2017, he was a big part of us getting to the second round and battling the Celtics out. But he hasn't played since December 26 of last year. I believe this was also another salary dump move on the Wizards part. Johnson is decent at shooting, shooting 38% from beyond the three-point line in 26 games that he's played with the Pelicans. He started 13 of them. So in my opinion, he's not a bad pickup for the bench. And an update for you guys, the Pelicans have actually waived Keith Morris. So they didn't have any intentions of keeping the injured forward. That being said, we're gonna take a quick break. And when we come back, we're gonna hear from a lot of cool people with great insight. Stick around.
1: part of the Locked On Podcast Network,
3: your team every day. Hey everybody, welcome back to Locked On Wizards. Thanks for tuning in to our special part two episode of our trade deadline series. I'm so excited to introduce our first take, none other than Mike Sykes Mr. Mike Sykes is a news reporter for Axos. He's a contributor for SB Nation and Bullets Forever. He's so good at what he does, and I love his insight. So check it out.
0: With the trade deadline firmly in the rearview mirror, I can pretty clearly say that I have absolutely no clue what these Wizards are trying to do. Um, moving Otto Porter and Marquise Morris puts them under the luxury tax line, right? But they held on to Jeff Green and Trevor Reza, two veterans who could really, really, really help a lot of playoff teams out there, especially the ones that aren't looking to really get into the buyout market. Um, yet they're still on the roster. The Wizards are not going to compete this year. Uh, they they said that they wouldn't break up the the core three that they had, and and they did, which says to us, okay, maybe we're we're done trying to win games and through with making the playoffs, but if they still have Bradley Beal on the roster, they still have a ton of veterans who will steal minutes from young guys like Troy Brown Jr. um, on the roster. Like, I I just don't know the direction that this team is trying to go in, and I think that's exactly what the problem is with the Wizards. They have absolutely no direction. Um, Even at a time like this where John Wall might not play again until – 2021, right? Like, that's that's ridiculous, and, and they have to do something about that. Um, and I think it's a pretty clear um, indictment on management that this team has just continuously cleaned up messes for the last eight years, and this is what, what the Wizards have to show for it. They, they've got to do better.
3: I definitely agree with Mike there. I really do feel like it was a surprise to me that the Wizards chose to keep Ariza and green you know both of them because I I don't feel like we need both of them and you know Ariza's contract is expiring at the end of this year although according to um, Woj and other great news outlets he intends to stay with the Wizards but at the same time Mike is right you know I don't understand how it's going to benefit us in the way that we're developing our young players and I'd have to agree with him. I'm not sure what direction that the Wizards are taking with this. I do think it was a panic, you know, hearing that John Wall is going to be out for so long. I feel like they felt like they had to do something. So, I agree with the Otto Porter trade. I don't really understand the direction of the Marquise Morris trade, though. Anyways, that being said, Next up is Monica McNutt. She is a college basketball analyst for Fox Sports 1, host of Round Ball Report. She co-hosts the podcast 26 Minutes with Clint Portis and overall is, in my opinion, the DC media queen. Find her on her Twitter at McNuttMonica and let's hear what my girl has to say.
4: So the Wizards move Otto Porter right after Ted Leonsis says that Porter, Bill, or Wall were untouchable. I told y'all the only thing you could rely on from the interview was that the concession saying prices in Capital One weren't, weren't going to change. I definitely will be the first to acknowledge that John's injury changes the game. On the one hand, it's a savvy move to unload Otto's contract, but really, did it unload that much? I mean, the latest reports I'm seeing is you get about $20 million under, which is cool But what is your goal? Like, what is the end goal? Are you trying to attract a marquee free agent to come play alongside Brad this summer? Or are you trying to stabilize this roster enough to compete this year? Portis and Parker. I like Portis. I was always a big fan of Jabari Parker. He's obviously had a rough go of it in the league. But I I don't know. Those don't sound like guys to me that are going to create another one-two punch, one-and-a-half punch consistently to go along with the play that we're getting from Brad. I think for me, the question is, who's going to come here and why? I don't know that we blow this thing up. Obviously, Brad is our best asset. But I think you got to do some serious reevaluating and looking at the talent on this roster, and not just from the player's standpoint, but also from Scott Brooks' standpoint. We saw him do tremendous jobs in OKC, granted plenty of talent on that roster, But how realistic and how viable are this team's chances of getting an eighth seat? Markeith is gone. I mean, that was Brad's, or excuse me, that was John's boy. We got to see how that plays out. I don't know, man. It's tricky. I just keep thinking, feeling like this team is kicking the can down the road instead of doing the real dirty work. The real dirty work. I mean, trust the process, but you see where the Sixers are now. I don't know, man.
3: That was a... Phenomenal answer from Monica. She always has amazing insight. I, I'm completely agreeing with everything she says. You know, now that we've gotten rid of one of our, you know, key players and Keith Morris, is our goal really to still make the playoffs? I don't think that goal is something that we should be focused on anymore or the team should be focused on anymore because now that you think about it, we have – three new players that aren't in this lineup they haven't played with these guys before so we have like what is it 30 something games left in the season for them to build chemistry with this team with Bradley Beal and and find their place in this team I just don't think that's enough time to figure it out you know sometimes stuff like that takes months on end and you know just now Thomas Bryant and Bradley Beal are starting to build chemistry with each other really well you know that doesn't happen overnight so for me I'm wondering you know are, do we still care about the playoffs or are we focused on rebuilding now it's time to get to Josh Kirby's thoughts an up-and-coming podcast host His podcast, The Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast, is on iTunes. Check it out. He's very talented, so please show him some love on Twitter at jkirby696. So here he is. Take a listen.
1: This is Josh Kirby. I want to thank Becca for having me on the show. Um, The trade deadline's coming up for NBA, and as you know, Otto Porter and Markeith Morris get traded, and I I believe – the Wizards are rebuilding, and I think they're going to have to be worse in order to get better. And I think these are the moves that the Wizards are going to have to make in order to get guys to help them win. And with John Wall out for longer with his ruptured Achilles, they're going to have to do some. I'm not sure if there are any more moves going to be made, but hopefully in the long run, this is for the better and not for the worse.
3: Okay, so it seems like Josh just answered Monica and I's question about what direction that this team is taking. Josh feels like they're in rebuild mode now. That's kind of interesting to hear. It's hard to completely see the process of the rebuilding because they did pick up some decent players and they got rid of the contracts, but we're, we're still not sure where they stand as far as the playoffs. So that, he brought up a very good point. I'm curious to see what other fans think about that. So the next person on this podcast, I'm very excited to get Ryan Bob's insight. He's young, but do not be fooled. He knows more about the team than most people. Before a lot of the Wizards games, I usually get to see him um, outside the tunnel, and we always give each other a high five. It's kind of like our pregame ritual. Ryan is going to be an NBA sideline reporter, and I'm calling it. I promise he'll be interviewing all your favorite players soon, so you might as well follow him now at RC Buckets Live. Let's hear it.
2: Hey, RC Buckets here. Being a Wizards fan can be tough, and this week has been brutal. I'm super sad about John's latest injury, but I know he'll bounce back. Injuries are part of the game that you can't control, but trades? That's a whole different story. When I heard about Otto being traded to Chicago, first thing I said, Mom, did Ted lie? She said, well, business lie. We can talk about that later. So I get the NBA is a business and moves are made based on that, but for an 11 year old, it's tough. I agree with most people who think Otto didn't live up to his max contract. And his struggles lately probably didn't help any argument to keep him here. But I'm still sad to see him go. Even when his shots weren't falling, he always gave 100% on defense and did the little things to try and made the team better. It's too bad that the super true of him, John, and Brad never happened. Bobby Portis is an aggressive player and will definitely help with the rebounds. Jabari Parker has never been known for his defense, but he's also been known for his scoring, averaging 15 points this season. I'll also miss Keith, and really hope he gets better soon. I'm all for saving money on the luxury tax, but I'm really more about winning. So I hope these money-saving moves lead to more than just cheaper payrolls.
3: I told you guys I wasn't lying. He knows more about Wizards basketball than I think maybe 99% of the fan base. I think he might be a bigger fan than me. I mean his insight is just amazing and I think he brings up a very good point that You know, the Big Three experiment is over. Obviously, it's over. John Wall is injured for a long time. Bradley Beale is still around, and Otto Porter's gone. So, it's kind of frustrating for Wizards fans to see that this Big Three is no longer a thing. And as far as Otto, you know, kind of reiterating what I said earlier, he's a very talented player. He's very much a catch and shoot player. Wherever he goes, he's going to be making those shots, and he's going to be nailing them, given that he stays healthy. Unfortunately, that was a problem for him in D.C., and I hope that he turns it around, because I want to see Otto successful. And I know a lot of Georgetown fans you know, here are upset that he's leaving, but I know that they'll follow him wherever he goes. I'm interested to hear from Brian Oringer, who has caused quite the stir on Twitter when it comes to DC sports media. He tweets, he has a YouTube channel, and was the head video coordinator for the Washington Wizards a few years back. Find him on Twitter, at Scout with Brian. Let's hear from the NBA veteran himself.
1: This is Brian Oringer on Twitter, uh, at ScoutWithBrian, Brian with a Y. Uh, my thoughts on the Wizards deadline. Uh, I thought the Otto Porter trade was a, a necessary move, uh, with the John Wall injury getting worse. Obviously, um, I reported and was told that Otto, you know, was told over the weekend that he would not be traded. Uh, but I think John being out probably all of next year definitely changed that. Um, and they really had to evaluate if it's worth the payroll to be a team that you know, might compete for a playoff spot, and I think they determined it was not, obviously, Um, and in terms of what they got, you know, I'd heard a lot of people in the NBA kind of viewed Otto's contract as a negative, meaning that, you know, the Wizards might even have to attach a draft pick or something just to get a team to take him. Um, Instead, they get a pick back, ultimately, probably a second-round pick in 2023, uh, and then they get two expiring contracts. So kinda similar to the Harrison Barnes trade for Dallas, um, just in terms of getting off some money. Um but then, you know, in my opinion I think Bobby Portis is a better player than Justin Jackson. I think the Wizards will get to take a look at him the rest of the season and decide if they can make use of him going forward. I think he's a athletic big who plays really hard high motor guy. Um, not a fan of Jabari. Don't think he'll stick around for long. Uh, Markeef obviously was for that same purpose, just of uh shedding some money. But um yeah, overall I think, you know, Otto uh gave him some great years and was great to have around, but without uh, John next year I think that really diminishes his value as a player and I think they were smart to get some get that contract off the books and get a free look at Portis and uh, a draft pick in the process as well.
3: Something that interests me is about this auto trade is the fact that they didn't have to add any sweeteners to the deal. It was straight-up auto-Porter for those two players and a pick. Brian's right. I mean, a lot of people view this contract as a very negative thing, and it is a large contract. When the Wizards re-signed him... And gave him that max contract that was the going rate for a guy like him. The Wizards felt like it was important to keep him so they gave him the money and I think it was a great thing that they were able to entice a team to take him with that large contract and we got two players out of it and a pick. For me this trade was a very good trade and the Wizards organization did a great job in my opinion. Next up is a very good friend of mine, Blair. He's a very talented photographer, videographer, and he's a West Virginia sports fan, but more importantly, a diehard Washington Wizards fan. Check him and his work out on Twitter. Follow him at Breezy Swank. Now his thoughts.
1: So I'm Blair Bethke. I go by Breezy Swank on Twitter. Um, So my thoughts on this wizard trade, uh, I was actually impressed. I uh, I like the fact that we got rid of Otto Porter's fat contract. I thought we would never get rid of it. Um, I like that we picked up Bobby Portis. Bobby Portis was a player that people argued that we should have drafted uh, a couple years back when we drafted Oubre instead. Uh, I think Jabari Parker, minus his injury issues, I think he's a solid pickup. Um, all in all, I feel like we won this trade in... I don't know. I haven't I haven't seen us make a a good trade in in a few years, so I was very uh very excited with uh with the move we made.
3: I don't know if Brian and Blair spoke before this podcast or before they sent in their their audio because it's almost like Blair echoed Brian a little bit in the sense that it was a good trade and it was a decent trade. And I'm 100% on board. I think this trade was very key and I think it will help us down the line when it comes to signing someone new that can possibly help us continue our playoff success. So last but definitely not least, one of my favorites, fan expert Cam Mingo, has some word on these trades. He's been on Wizards Hangtime like I was, and he has his own YouTube channel, so make sure to check it out. Find him at Cam Mingo on Twitter, and let's hear from Cam.
4: Getting Jabari Parker and Bayaportis was great. Jabari, great, great pickup. 6'8, 245, can play inside and now. Got a good wingspan at a small forward position. Bayaportis, great rebounder and great teammate. He can score at any given moment. He'll easily give you 20 to close to 30 points any, any, any given night he wants. And he'll bring that defensive intensity, kind of like what Kevin Knight used to be. But I cannot wait. Hopefully, we can turn our season around, probably the second half of the season. So, watch out, Wiz. Watch out.
3: Definitely always good to hear from Cam. I think he's right. I'm looking forward to seeing how Scott Brooks works, Jabari Parker, and Bobby Portis into the lineup. I'm still hoping, honestly, that our young guys still get those minutes. I want to see Troy Brown out on the floor, and I know that most of you do, too. That being said, DC family, I think we have covered all our bases here on this trade deadline episode. It's been an interesting week in Wizards land, to say the least. Tonight we are playing at home against the Cavs. Hopefully they'll be able to redeem themselves from the last couple of games they faced Cleveland. They did not do well in case you missed it, but I'm sure you've heard about that by now. I want to thank all of my amazing friends featured on this podcast: Mike, Monica, Josh, Ryan, Brian, Blair, and Cam. They're so knowledgeable and they always keep it real. Now that you've heard all of our thoughts, please let us know yours. You can at me on Twitter as always at Becca MVP at the podcast. Locked On Wizards, and Quinn at TOQM underscore. You've been listening to an episode of Locked On Wizards, part of the Locked On Network, and we will see you soon. podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.